G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's Tuesday and it's like Tuesday rolls around quickly, our opportunity once again to check in on breaking news headlines as they are happening in Israel and throughout the Middle East as they affect the Holy Land. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines overnight, back again with us today. Hello Ron, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Uh, Ron, some serious headlines. Israel's new right-wing party is backing Benjamin Netanyahu as the next Prime Minister, and that's despite his pending court case. Yeah, Israel's new right party leader, Naftali Bennett, says that his faction will support Benjamin Netanyahu as the next Prime Minister, despite Attorney General Avakai Mendelblit's announcement that the Premier faces an indictment on corruption charges in three different cases pending a hearing. Until a final indictment is filed, there's nothing to discuss, Bennett told Public Radio. We will tell the President we recommend Netanyahu to form the government. Bennett is a member of the current government coalition, Education and Diaspora Affairs Minister. Under Israeli law, the parliamentary election is followed by a process in which each party voted into the Knesset recommends to the president which party leader should be given the task of trying to form a majority coalition. The presidency is a ceremonial position in Israel currently held by Reuven Rivlin. Can Television reported that the process of granting Netanyahu a hearing is expected to take several months, long after the April 9 election. The Attorney General's decision, his announcement, had an immediate impact on public opinion polls. For the first time in this election campaign, Netanyahu's Likud party was no longer leading the pack. It was overtaken by the new joint list headed by former military chief of staff Benny Gantz, which received 36 out of 37 seats in the 120-seat parliament in two surveys aired by Can and Channel 13. The Likud party registered 29 and 30 seats in the two polls. Well, there's a boost there for Benjamin Netanyahu, and from what I understand, Ron, the uh, party that's led by Bennett, the new right party, uh, they'd make a further decision on the run if there was any sort of indictment against Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, Let's look at another one of the stories that are breaking overnight. The Palestinian Authority is saying there's no role for the US in the peace deal after the closure of the Jerusalem consulate. How does this story look? Yeah, on Sunday they warned that Washington had ended its role in the Middle East peace process. Now that the merger of the United States Consulate General in Jerusalem with the U.S. Embassy has been confirmed, the move has been cast as a downgrade of ties between the two governments because the Consulate General had served as the de facto U.S. Embassy for the Palestinian Authority. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompei said that the merger of the consulate with the embassy did not signify a change in U.S. policy concerning these final status issues. 
The merger, he explained, was intended to improve efficiency and effectiveness. Ron, the Israel and Arab students from the Palestinian territories are talking peace. It sounds like they're not necessarily following the leaders, but students doing something here of their own volition. Yeah, Israeli and Palestinian students participated in the largest ever Congress to negotiate trust-building measures and solutions to the Israel-Palestinian conflict. The Congress held in cooperation with the university and a non-government organisation called Minds for Peace united 100 university students and 50 high school students from all over Israel and the West Bank. The Palestinian negotiators were required to obtain permits and pass through security checkpoints to attend the event. Allah Amro, a 23-year-old university student from Hebron, told the media line in Israel that for her, getting to Haifa was difficult. Considering my age, I have only two ways of getting a permit, either for medical reasons or through work with an NGO. To kick off the event, students formed small units which engaged in roundtable discussions. At the end of the conference, each group was required to present two agreements after hashing out their differences beforehand. Uh, I'd love to talk about this story. It's a positive step. A positive step, and it looks like a next generation move to the way that they will talk about uh, issues of peace in the Middle East. Uh, Ron, a new initiative to talk about, some headlines that say, Books, Not Bombs, for Gaza. Yeah, the Gaza Strip was once home to 41 libraries. Now there are fewer than 20. During the 2014 war between Israel and Hamas, writer Moseb Abu Toa, his home was partially destroyed, along with most of his beloved books. He went to his university library in search of something to read and found that its collection was badly damaged as well. Immediately after the conflict ended, he started collecting English-language books for what would become the first library of its kind in Gaza. I wanted to start a library that all uh, could go to and benefit from. People can't leave Gaza to study at university. English language books help them compensate for this gap. It helps us keep up with the information, he said. Despite having never left the Palestinian enclave, Abu Taha has friends from all over the world through Facebook. He founded a community online as an English language writer and asked its members to send him books. Three years ago, he set up an online platform to collect funds. Today, his library has approximately 3,000 volumes, two-thirds of which are in English. And, Ron, nothing like a good medical story uh, demonstrating some good scientific developments in Israel. An Israeli company is planning to make insulin injections obsolete. A lot of people be pleased to hear this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I struggled whether to tell the story about the new car in Israel that runs on air and water, okay. or this one. <laughs> okay. And diabetes is a metabolic disorder in which there are excess levels of sugar in the blood. There are two main types. Type 1 di- diabetes occurs when the pancreas can't create enough insulin, the hormone in charge of lowering sugar levels in the blood, while type 2 diabetes occurs when cells become resistant to insulin. Since their bodies can't produce the necessary insulin, 
All people with type 1 diabetes need to receive insulin from an external source. They're joined by about 30% of type 2 diabetes patients who also become insulin dependent. Overall, the global insulin dependent population stands at over 100 million people. This is where Israeli researchers, Kenny Bastam, would like to step in. Instead of having people waiting around for organ donations, it plans on independently creating the necessary cells from human embryonic stem cells. These cells can turn into tissue, any tissue that you like. What's good about these cells is that they can endlessly multiply. We have this raw material and we know today how to take these pluripotent cells and turn them into insulin-producing cells. Now, I'm excited about this. I have diabetes, uh, but the forecast is it's been successful on animals and it may take a decade before it's used on humans. But it's a great step forward again. A great step forward, and uh, you do hope that uh, all of that testing uh, will come to the fore and uh, it'll be a positive development and, as you say, on the market uh, within the next decade. Ron Ross, always so good getting your insights, uh, looking at the breaking news that's coming out of Israel overnight. Thank you so much for taking some time to share those headlines with us today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.